1: time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block and across the world with award winning journalist, author, speaker educator and host Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts and just this past year the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged life. Four-legged,
2: life, four-legged, life, four-legged, life, Four-Legged life. What's up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our show today features a global champion for cats, plus a husband-wife duel who are revolutionizing the pet sitting industry. Now let's get started. Just move over, Marvel Comics superheroes. Our first guest is a real hero. In fact, a feline warrior helping save the lives of cats. Please give pause and applause to Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. Welcome to the show, Dr. Elizabeth. You have never lost your art the art of
0: hyperbole.
2: No, ma'am, it's in my blood, it's in my blood. Hey, um, pet pals, I bet you recognize her name. I mean, she is the past president of, I have to take a big breath, the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Shoo, that's a mouthful. Fortunately, go to their website, catvets.com and save some typing finger muscles. She also operates a, a major cat only veterinary practice, Chico Hospital for Cats in Chico, California. And She's on a global mission to help cats. I mean, gee, Dr. Elizabeth Collarin, do you ever take time for a cat nap? Oh, no. I got over those a long
0: time ago. That <laughs> shit failed.
2: I mean, I, I want, we're going to dive in. In this special episode okay. today, Dr. <laughs> Collarin is here to share some very big news about a very nasty disease affecting cats. Feline infectious peritonitis, FIP. And as the good doctor will tell us, until recently, there was really no cure and it impacts a lot of young cats and kittens. I mean, I invited you, Dr. Colleran, to share what's going on as far as FIP advances and tell us a little bit about this growing health army for cats called Feline Warriors. So let's back up a couple steps. FIP. I don't like the initials. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like the disease.
0: feline infectious peritonitis is a terrible virus. It's in the coronavirus family. Now that we all know what coronaviruses yes, we are, do. yep. And until it began to appear in the seventies and got um, more and more frequently diagnosed, it's a, as you say, a disease of young cats. It's also a disease of of cats who live in stressful situations, and in crowded conditions, and
2: things like that. So we're talking one shelters, of the worst Rescue groups, things like that, right?
0: Well, yes, the ones that aren't, the ones that don't adhere to
2: certain standards of. Yeah, I'm not care, cutting down right? shelters. I'm just saying high population possibilities can happen.
0: Yeah. Right on. So for us as veterinarians, it was a terrible thing to diagnose. And so we worked very, very hard not to diagnose it and try to find something else that was wrong with this beloved kitten um, before we told clients who were as you might imagine, heartbroken to learn that there wasn't a cure. Dr. Niels Peterson at UC Davis had been working for 30 years on this problem. And finally, in the last couple of years, has really made some gigantic breakthroughs. As you know, from what we know about COVID-19, having a single viral uh, therapy is never enough. Right. And so Dr. Peterson's been working on a couple and there's another one um, that's coming out of Australia. And now it is, in a way, a curable disease. And that is a huge milestone for veterinary medicine, for cat owners and for cats everywhere. Um, so we're really excited about it. it, it it's but there seems perfect. to be,
2: but there's a little hesitation because there's also some controversy and some confusion, right?
0: Right. Well, it started out as it was going to be an FDA-approved drug. <clears throat> there were two companies that were working on that, and they decided to stop. And there's a lot of reasons why they decided not to seek FDA approval. It's costly in the United States. There were some reasons to think that this partic- these particular forms of therapy might be useful in humans, and that somehow there might be a reflection on this form of therapy if they actually went for the big bucks, which is obviously in human medicine. So they abandoned that effort. And as a result of that, the product was engineered and released out of China. Mm -hmm. And it's legal in some countries to do that, but not in the United States.
2: Well, that sounds, wow. That sounds very frustrating. So as a veterinarian and someone who has cats, Dr. Elizabeth Colloran, that's like an ultimate tease, isn't it? It's like, there, it's, it's within reach, but not. Well, it was, and then, you know, there are workarounds.
0: If something is really, <laughs> really important, right? Yeah, if you, right? If you really need something badly, you're willing to maybe bend the rules a little bit. And so what we have is a situation where veterinarians can't acquire the drug they can't administer the drug, Yet. and they can't promise any outcomes, right? Okay. All right? But they can work with other groups to do all those things. And the other thing that veterinarians can do, which is perfect, is that we can do everything else. We can provide additional forms of therapy. We can teach them how to give injections. We can formulate the dosages. We can keep track of the history and you know connect with the clients in ways that are really important because it does take a while for the therapy to work. So So we have a job to do. There's just not all of it.
2: So tell us how that segues into the term feline warrior.
0: Well, FIP
2: warriors grew out of a
0: Facebook page, right? It's now FIP warriors 5.0.
2: And it's important to make that distinction, right? Because there's some, uh, pardon the, this is not meant to be a pun, but there are some copycat, so FIP, go ahead, say warriors, the
0: warriors.
2: FIP Warriors 5.0. Now,
0: you are absolutely right. There are some knockoff websites. There are some fake websites. And those are intended to cheat people out of their money and to make money that they shouldn't be making. And so right. it's very important to go to FIP Warriors 5.0 or for really recent updates and a completely current state of affairs for FIP. It's
2: zenbycat.com, which is Peter Cohen's website. Well, it's actually zenbycat.org. I checked that out. Oh, sorry. See, I was doing my homework and Peter Cohen, zenbycat.org. I'm just going to say it like, so we can get the right information. That also, I saw his site. He's amazing. And he's got a a poster cat, if you will. You want to talk about Smokey?
0: Smokey was one of um, the earliest cats treated in Dr. Peterson's clinic as a, as a client owned cat. There were some studies done in laboratory cats um, and that showed really good results. And so a, a small group of cats were permitted to, to join this study. And Peter Cohen's cat, smokey was one of them, and he's still here. He is alive and kicking and doing just great. He had, you know, as you might imagine, in early days of a drug, things aren't perfect. And so there were some things that, you know, we learned from all that. But he is one of a group of survivors that's still alive today.
2: Wow. I love this. Hey, everybody. And we're going to take a break in just a second. But before we do, your clinic, Dr. Collarin, tell us the website for that.
0: It's chicocats.com. You'll and we, we welcome visitors, of course, and we can be reached through that website. So if there are questions or anyone has concerns about anything they hear today, um, I sit on email because I hate social media. so I don't do that <laughs> but I but I do answer emails.
2: All right, we're talking to the good veterinarian. we're talking Dr. Elizabeth Colleran and she is an FIP warrior, feline warrior. She's helping cats with the FIP. I can't believe how life is so ironic. We're dealing with a coronavirus. Our kitties are dealing with a coronavirus. And we're going to find out more after we take this break. So sit and purr. We'll be right back.
1: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? (laughs) Stop chasing your tail. We post full-length versions of all our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com.
2: Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm talking with Dr. Elizabeth Colloran, and she is the veterinarian at uh, Chico Hospital for Cats in Chico, California. I've actually been there and met her fine staff. Uh, shout out to everybody. They're awesome. They're very dedicated. And FIP, now you have been a veterinarian for how many years now? You were like years. at were you at IBM or something and you woke up one day and said this is not my life story I want to be a veterinarian and you're now one of the leading veterinarians I mean you're on task force being the past president of the cat veterinary group that's not an easy thing to accomplish so what made you shift what made you say I'm gonna really ready for it pursue my dream oh it would only come from you Arden I, <laughs>
0: It really isn't that I was a crazy cat lady. I don't have 30 cats. Um, I only have two. Mm-hmm. And the, the life of the cat became fascinating to me. I wrote a master's thesis on the California mountain lion. Wow. And I fell in love with the medicine and the physiology and the evolution of cats through history.
2: There You go. It you want to shout out from to there. your you have Burmese cats, right? Rescues? or I do. What, give them a shout out. They're listening. I know they are. They're probably
0: sleeping on my laundry.
2: (laughs) That's okay. They can hear with one ear. Go ahead and say their names. I like their names. Oh, one is Opie because he's a little
0: bit, he's very clumsy. And the other one is Andy. I didn't name him. They're both rescues. They came from difficult circumstances.
2: And what about your dog? His name is, ready? Yes. His name is Giuliano. Juliano, Giuliano. Okay, good. Italiano, Giuliano. And how is he getting along with Opie and uh, and Andy? They actually are completely fine
0: about him. They think that he is small enough not to be a problem and they and he he, he gets slapped around a little bit.
2: That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So Tell us about the FIP uh, veterinarians warrior group and you did say it be- at the beginning how you are working within your legal boundaries as a veterinarian, but you have to have all the things that have happened in veterinary medicine for cats. How big is this that there is something that can help cats with FIP? I mean, how would well, you Well, this is life changing.
0: I mean, Arden, it's life changing. I mean, I had, have broken the hearts of so many people over decades, and now it's curable, but the problem is getting the drug. And okay. so going through FIP Warriors 5.0 gets you the companies that do that are validated, these drugs get tested, and you can get advice about the right company to buy from and how much it'll cost. They also, I mean, I am a very small part of this cog. A very it doesn't small matter. Cog you're part
2: of it, and it takes a village, right? And it and
0: these people are so dedicated to this project, and they have administrative people and veterinarians, and we're all working together. And, and you know, they are do the do the vast majority of the work to make this drug available to people, um, and because it takes eighty four days of treatment. Wow before we presume these cats are cured and then another 84 days of observation to make sure they don't because there is a a history of relapse in a few cats so it's a long process and it requires being helpful to people and teaching them to do things and that they've never done before and it's it's a lot and and the people that run FIP Warriors 5.0 are my heroes they are um, they are saving lives every day.
2: What just to give people a better understanding of feline infectious peritonitis, what, what are some of the symptoms? How is it diagnosed? You know, you've, you've been, I know it's heartbreaking when it's a beautiful young cat, the family is bonded with them. What are some of the, is it, is it obvious or I mean, give us a little, uh, well, the cats are really sick. There's, there's no doubt about it. They
0: are quite ill. They usually have a fever that kind of comes and goes. So a lot of times they'll come in to a practice that isn't familiar with FIP. The cattle will get put on antibiotics. They'll think the cat's fine because the temperature goes away or the fever goes away. And then they the fever comes back. And it's just that is a classic sign mm-hmm. of, of FIP. And then there are some in the blood work, there are some markers for, for that. There's also for that specific some of these coronavirus
2: have, or whatever. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: no, it's just it's just the constellation of signs. Mm -hmm. A lot of them will develop fluid in their abdomens or in their chest, in which case that becomes a much easier diagnosis. Cats who develop what we call the dry form of FIP are harder to diagnose, and we have to use more um, diagnostic testing to get there.
2: Now, I understand um, these, and I'm going to sound scientific, and I'm not, but um, there are certain uh, numbers with the G on it that are the types of medicine i don't want to confuse people a little bit but is it given orally um how is it given if people are able to legitimately go on the site and be able to get the medicine and then work with veterinarians like you so you keep your licenses um i mean it's got a lot there's a lot of hurdles
0: there are it it, it, you it's the sort of nickname of it is gs it GS. has a lot. It's GS with a bunch of numbers after it. Right. That drug comes in two forms, It comes in injectable and oral. We usually try to start the cats out on injectable at the beginning to get them um, to get them really started and get, get things moving because these cats are really really sick. Usually they've been sick for a while and they don't get just a little bit sick. They get very. And so we try to be much more aggressive at the beginning and then we can switch them to the oral form later and which is uh, very often how we do it.
2: So you recently, I think in 21, gave a like a 45, 50 minute talk on Zoom about FIP advances. And I watched it and I was, you know, I think we need, is there a way you can let people know how to get to that a YouTube? That was really well done. It is on YouTube. There's a lot of information
0: now um, about um, FIP available. And certainly that's available on YouTube. Um, And the FIP warriors have lots and lots and lots of links for directions for how to do things, how to, you know, how to acquire the drug, how to administer the drug. There's tons of information now. This is about, we're about two years in now. And so there's lots and lots of information out there.
2: When I'm when I'm sensing it's a rising up, and people are like, "No, we're gonna find a way to get together and get a cure." And I'm that's I'm exactly sure. what happened, Arden.
0: Yeah, everybody was so upset by the fact that there was this. I mean, Dr. Peterson's work He's a wonderful. is a landmark. He he, it's it's to us it was a miracle that all of a sudden disappeared, and so there were so many people that were so angry and so upset by that that this whole sort of black market kind of um, approach began to emerge.
2: So we're going to end with the two sites that are legitimate and have the latest information. Take it away, Dr. Collarin.
0: FIP Warriors 5.0 on Facebook. Okay. And then the other one is zenbycat.org and that is Peter Cohen's website and he always has the absolute latest information on FIP.
2: All right. We thank you for being our guest on today's show, Dr. Collerant, chicocats.com, and we're going to be back after this break with our second guest, so sit and purr. We'll be right back.
1: This is Arden Moore's four-legged life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play) <laughs> Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life.
2: Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our next guests are a husband and wife team, and they're ready to make a big confession. Now. They're not going to apologize for fast becoming the go-to source on pet sitting. Please welcome to the show, the host of the award-winning podcast, Pet Sitter Confessional. We're talking about Megan and Colin Funkhauser. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. Hello. Oh my gosh. Hey everybody, this time in our lives, pets have been there for us and they continue to be there for us. And they need professional help, too, because many of us are going back to work and taking other jobs or taking finally a trip. And what we need most is a team of professionally trained pet sitters, not the neighbor next door. And on our show today are uh, Megan and Colin Funkhauser. Yes, they are professional pet sitters, but they've stepped it up because they want to also help share some insights from the pet sitter's perspective and the pet parent's concerns. And that's, I guess, what made you launch a podcast. Is that right, Colin?
3: Yeah, it was. We, we had been pet sitting for several years at that time and realized that we wanted to share some stories and help grow a community with other professional pet sitters and get connected with them across the globe. And so it's been really fun to share stories, help raise the bar with uh, experiences and talent and all sorts of educational opportunities as well.
4: Well, and it's really so that other pet sitters know that they are not alone. This industry right. can be really isolating because we're going into people's homes where they're, they're not home. It's just their pets there that we're carrying for and so we we just were alone all day and so but you really not you know when you can listen to other stories and experiences and say hey I, I know I did that too I, I went through that
2: as well well it sounds like you're filling a vacuum and I don't mean the vacuum for the carpet it, you you do feel like you're a little bit alone but there's an army of thousands of professional pet sitters out there but you need a, a united voice wouldn't you say
3: yes yeah absolutely there's so much institutional knowledge for how to conduct a pet care visit how to problem solve how to solutioneer your way into overcoming problems that you that you experience day to day but whenever you're by yourself you don't get access to that right you can't tap into that and so we really wanted to provide a way for people to do that and to feel like Megan said like they're they're not alone
2: so when did you officially launch uh pet sitter confessional megan it was august of 2019 all right, all right. Before COVID, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything was cruising, right? Yes,
3: it was. It was very. We we launched and we had all this plans for the podcast, and then COVID hit, and then all of our plans changed, and not just plans for the podcast, but plans as pet sitters, plans as our business, and all of a sudden we were grappling with how do we manage, how do we navigate this? This was new for many people, for everybody, right? Nobody's we haven't yeah. experienced a global pandemic in a little bit, and so. <laughs> We were now sharing in real time people's experiences with how they were handling meet and greets, how they were going to people's homes, how they were handling with cancellations, what they were doing about refunds or not. And it really became this this great way to just kind of help everybody through that period. And we've gotten so much great feedback from people who said, that time you really helped me know how to navigate those waters because I was so scared. I didn't know what was going on. And whether you shared a tip or someone you were interviewing shared a tip, that helped me get through that.
2: I love that, and you put the capital P in pivot. Let, let's talk about your personal pet sitting business. What is it named? Where are you located? And why in the heck are you doing this? Were you brain surgeons before this? What are what, knitters? What were you doing before this?
4: Um, so we are trained scientists. Um, so we both have our master's degree. Mine's in environmental toxicology, and yours is
3: is in natural resource management.
4: And so we were both actually working on snails for our master's degree. I was killing them. He was trying to keep them alive. You know, it and- <laughs> sounds like a perfect marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Ying and yang. Yes.
4: Yeah. Um, and so we were still pet sitting on the side at that time. And then he quit his job last year and we both went full time into this. Um, and wow. since then we have, we're, we're located in Missouri. And since then we have expanded into a new territory that's two hours south of us. We have hired employees and we've really grown and expanded. what's the name of it please don't say it's called snail
2: mail oh no
3: No, it's called funky bunch pet care we do dog (laughs) walking and pet care so we're doing in-home care services we don't run we don't have a facility Uh, we come to people we take care of their homes we walk their dogs uh, make sure they're treated like family
2: and it's all because of the snail
3: (laughs) yeah well we started because we wanted to earn a little bit of extra money as graduate students you don't make a whole lot makes nothing and so we started as a side thing and it's just something that Continue to stay with us, and then year after year, we moved a couple times and continued to pet sit. I got a full time job. You have
2: a child, don't you? We have two. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Sorry. Two. Yeah. No, <laughs> been right. busy. Which,
3: which keeps us busy, and uh, they they love being part of it and helping us brainstorm photos and uh, social media posts too. So they're they're all in, and they're five and sevens. So.
2: <laughs> they took on a lot, and listen to them; they're happy. And you found your niche it sounds like Megan I mean I know as much you have a scientific mind which probably helps in pet sitting and you love animals uh, even though the snails might have a little disagreement (laughs) but I mean what do you think about how your life turned you didn't wake up one day and say I'm gonna team up with my hubby and we're gonna do a great podcast and ladies and gents it has almost 350 episodes as they've been busy behind the mic i mean what do you think about how you evolved megan
4: i think it's great um i think that covid really taught us about our priorities so his Mm -hmm. his, he was working a full-time job during COVID, but it brought him home and we realized wow that all this family time is fantastic he can come down for lunch and have lunch with uh, me and the kids and it really shifted our priorities into going okay well we're still doing pet sitting and we can make this a full-time thing and we can expand and just kind of blow this whole thing up
3: (laughs) (laughs) what about you colin yeah basically along those same lines of realizing that all of the, the training and experiences that we had before they didn't all go to waste when we made this transition we actually just reapplied in a slightly different manner our love of numbers and data analysis and spreadsheets translates pretty well into managing a business and finances and planning uh and our attention to detail goes really well when planning a meet and greet and caring for a pet or how to (laughs) dose certain medications so
4: or writing an update at the end of a visit of going okay i need to spell check this and grammar and all that sort of stuff yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) and i bet you have to tell me please confess confess you are the host of pet sitter confessional if you see a pet snail in the house, what do you guys just have like an inside laugh? I mean, what's going on?
3: Yeah, we fight over it. No,
2: (laughs) (laughs) we make sure it is safely placed outside where it goes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, the, the industry as a whole, you are more than aware is, has really gone through a major revolution, some good, some bad. Um, We've got about a minute and a half before the break. I mean, There are still people that are hiring a teenage kid to take care of your most priceless asset, your pets, and your most pricey asset, your house. But yet there is this growth in recognition that we need professionals. So before the break, each one of us, if you could, you know, tell us what is the state right now of pet sitting in your opinion? We'll go with Megan first.
4: Um, The state of pet sitting is that we need more professional pet sitters, um, ones that are insured, ones that are pet first aid and CPR certified. Um, and ones that do really quality work that will update the owner about the intricacies of how their pets are doing, if they ate or not, you know, medication that was dosed and then the home care as well. So we're going through a really big freeze right now and we oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at all of our clients, we have th- the faucets dripping a little bit and we updated the clients with a picture of that. You know, it's all these little things. Thank you, all you these... for doing
2: that. Mine are all dripping right now too. and yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> It's all these little details that, you know, people just think, oh, it's just, you know, leashing the dog up, taking it on a walk and bringing it back. Like, how how hard could that be? But it's all the little things that people need to be
2: thinking about of taking care of the home and the pet. And quickly for you, you've got about thirty seconds, Mister Collins. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll say that it, it needs an increase in public education about what the industry actually is, and the unified front from pet sitters across the country and across the globe to let people know the kind of professionalism that exists. Because once people know what quality care is out there, they'll know that they want that for their pets and their home.
2: I love it. Hey, everyone. We're speaking with uh, Megan and Colin Funkhauser. They run uh, a pet sitting company called Funky Bunch Pet Care in Missouri, but they are the host of this great podcast called Pet Sitter Confessional. And we're going to dive in with them a little bit deeper after we take this break. So you guys know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back.
1: This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pets, they're incredible. And I'll bet you your pet is the most incredible. Yeah? So why not tell us about it? Or better yet, show us. If you have an incredible pet, and we know you do, our email address is fllpetpals at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe your incredible pet will become the next Four-Legged Life sensation. Remember, fllpetpals at gmail.com. you hanging out right here while we were gone waiting for us to get back (laughs) I knew you would
2: welcome back to the four-legged life show I'm your host Arden Moore we're talking with Megan and Colin Funkhauser and they are the brains behind a pet sitter confessional it's a podcast but it's so much more it is kind of uniting everyone in the pet sitting world and pet parents looking for good qualified pet sitters we're talking solo entrepreneurs, mega businesses, and you, you're you a mom and a dad, you, you run your business, you're a scientist. There's a lot on your plate. So it comes down to this. What's going to be happening in 2023? What would you say if you could crystal ball about the pet sitting world?
3: What? Oh, man. If, <laughs> if if I had a crystal ball, I'd have a lot more money than I know. No, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> I, I really think that um, the pet industry is going to continue to grow and expand. So growth just economically is forecasted to be kind of slower than anticipated or at least 2022 was. But that growth is still going to be there as more and more people continue to have uh, income and money that they're going to want to spend on their pet because their pet makes them happy. And they're going to, yeah. as they become educated on the possibilities for their pets, again, they're going to want to invest in that. They're going to want to be make that a part of their lives. And so I think the service industry is going to continue to really grow as people... I, I think walks are really going to be a place where people know I can invest in that as we get different breeds in with different needs and energies and expectations for their pets to help okay. manage a lot of things in their lives.
2: How about you, Megan? What do you see as a 2023 forecast? Um, Well,
4: (laughs) I don't know for sure, (laughs) but um, I mean, I think as pet sitters, we're really going to finally kind of settle into life after COVID. I think 2023 is really we're going to kind of level out and see, Okay, is this going to be more back to 2019 or, you know, what's exactly going to happen? But I I think it's going to be more of a, a leveling out.
2: I know on one of your podcasts uh, you had an episode called "You Need a Not To Do List." Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Do my homework. Yeah, um, did. <laughs> what What does that mean, uh, Megan? What's a not to do list? So we always think about a to do list of
4: things we have to do, but then there's also things that we shouldn't be doing, and that <laughs> as pet sitters that means um, not setting boundaries. That means going against what we believe, what our company mission is, what our morals are. Um. So, if a client asks us to do something, you know, for instance, go pick up my coffee or go pick up the dry cleaner, well, yeah, do it now. (laughs) (laughs) I as the pet sitter am here to care for your pets and your and your home when you're away. But I am not comfortable doing those extra errands. And some pet sitters do that, and they charge for that. And that's but that's
2: concierge service, right? Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah. So some pet sitters do that, but other ones say, no, I'm not willing to go outside of those boundaries.
3: Okay, that's a good one. yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> How about you? Uh, you're just dying to say something, Colin. What's What's oh, on your not-to-do list that you would tell other pet sitters?
3: Uh, on a not-to-do list is not undercharging for your oh, services. Oh, good. Okay. So that, that's a big one of, of again, the, the not-to-do list is things that I won't do or I'm not willing to do, and we have to sometimes have those plastered around our lives so that we remind ourselves that I'm not going to go there. That's not going to do. And, and that's char- a big
2: a, one. I mean, I, I yeah. teach pet first aid, and I always feel a little guilty what I'm charging, but I'm like, this is a five-hour class and I'm a master. And how do you help the pet sitting industry realize to value their worth? Because they have to be experts in pet care, behavior, business. I mean, there's a lot of checklists. Well, I
4: think just continuing to talk about it. We have a lot of episodes and we try to do this every few months of saying, hey, it's, you know, raise your prices. You are worth it
3: kind of thing (laughs) well and reminding them of the perceptions of the industry so i had i had an occasion to be riding in a tow truck because our car broke down and i was telling the tow truck operator what i do what our business does and this this is a person who runs his own company and he was he's you know he's on the side of the road he's in all sort of weather conditions he's in all sorts of these things that he does and it's extremely dangerous situation and i told him what we charge for our services and he goes there's no way you could get me to do that for what that money is and so even well that kind of that tow truck driver gave you a perspective didn't he he did and and helping people understand exactly not just the money that you're making but the costs to you including costs of operating and opportunity costs to your life I think that's one that we very rarely think spend a lot of time considering of what wasn't I able to do today because I was doing these dog walks would I what would I pay to ha- get that time back? Uh, what are the liabilities on me what risks am I taking on and I think the more we focus on those kind of things not being all doom and gloom about it but just no. recognizing the ser- the seriousness and the severity of the situations that we're putting ourselves in and then going, what cost is that? How much would that be to compensate me back for that kind of time and expertise that I'm putting into this?
4: Well, and I think this has really come into play since COVID because a lot of pet owners are say, are have been with their pet nonstop, basically. And now they're going back to work or now they're wanting to take vacations and they're expecting the pet sitter to constantly be with their pet. Basically, uh, there, there's a lot yeah. of 24-7 care that is being requested from pet sitters
2: because we're all worried that our pets have separation anxiety (laughs) that we unintentionally are giving them
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they go well i'm going to be away for eight hours i need a i need a pet sitter to come in and be with my pet for eight hours (laughs) yes and trying to (laughs) and setting some expectations around that and just realizing what that cost actually is to you your your personal life
2: yeah yeah and i know pets are darn cute but you have to run a business and you have to uh, be able to see a lot of four-leggers that are practicing kegels right now and needing your help to get oh. out the door. But it also shifts to, there seems to be um, a big movement for cats too. I see some practices in pet sitting that have decided voluntarily that they would rather be a feline-only pet sitting care. What's, what's your take on that? Who wants to
4: meow in? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's great. Um, I think that from pet sitters that we have heard from, it's a lot less competition. You know, everybody's going after the dogs, always the dogs, the daycare facilities, the boarders, the pet sitters are always trying to get after the dogs. And so there's a lot less competition when you just go straight for cats. You can also, if there's, you know, one time a day for cats, you can fit them in wherever you want. Maybe it's 9 a.m., maybe it's 5 p.m. You can be more flexible with their schedule. And so I think that's a really big perk for pet sitters going with cats only.
3: Yeah. And because it's way more flexible, you can stack them. Again, this is pending. There's not specific feeding right. or medication or other requirements right. for that cat. But if you're doing one a days for cats, yeah, you can stack them all together and really route plan a lot better. So it's actually more efficient for you and your business. So you're not having to drive constantly and make all these multiple trips back and forth for you. It actually ends up saving you money and the cost per visit goes way down.
2: And you made a good point, and I hope you everybody knows this, cats need companionship. Yeah. They can't be ignored for days with a bowl yeah. of water and food and a dirty litter box. Colin, tell us the importance of at least a one-a-day visit for cats. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So yeah, we get a lot of requests for people who want us to come over every 3 days or every 4 days and the cat owners go, "Well, they have an automatic feeder, they've got an automatic litter scoop, everything's going to be fine." And the thing is is, you know, as Arden you know, cats are really great at concealing illnesses or sickness yes. or injuries and they get they do get lonely and they can put themselves into situations where the You'd be surprised. I've pulled cats from behind washers and dryers because they panicked whenever their owner left and they had been yeah. suspended there for several hours, you know, ripping they out toenails. They have toenail.
2: feelings and they do yeah. have attachments to people. I mean, they're not goofy and over the top like a dog, right? But I think, <laughs> uh, like, I just had knee surgery. Uh, nurse Casey, my ginger boy, yeah. is sitting by my, my leg all day on the bed. And he's very stoic, like, I got this. Yeah. I feel like he has a little red cape on but <laughs> I, I think they don't they don't be over demonstrative but i think cats form definite bonds with two-leggers
3: they, yeah. they do and i will say that we get a lot of comments from people who go oh you'll probably never see my cat they're not very social and then the owner leaves and we come over after you know 10 hours and that cat is right on us that yep. cat is ready you for want some to see love. some
2: netflix i got a good show yeah
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and right and the owners are always surprised they go oh my gosh i'm so shocked that that happened and what's actually happening is that cat was had a a companionship deficit in their life that was needing to be filled and so when we're showing up it allows that to, to to foster and really that's part of that that many people don't realize and so as pet owners as cat owners become more educated on that and the actual needs top to bottom holistic approach for their cats that's really where we see a lot of need growing moving forward
2: All right, Uh, I thank you both for being on the show, and I thank you, more importantly, for what you're doing for pets, pet parents, and pet sitters. So pause up to both of you. (laughs) Thank you. You survived the show. Thank you. Hey, everybody, that's our show for today. I want to give a special uh, thank you to our guests. We had Dr. Elizabeth Collarin on first, and, of course, Megan and Colin Funkhauser of Pet Sitter Confessional. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Tebra, the makers of great pet products. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for tuning in on stations all over the country. So, until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four leggers out there pause up.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.